I'm Joe Atalig. My life is driven by one burning question. What would it mean for me if I looked at life through the lens of love? In my pursuit to answer that question, I'm sparking conversations with thought leaders, change makers, and risk takers who are exploring the undeniable possibilities when we look at life through love. It is my intention that these conversations will help you find your own answers to that question too. Welcome to the Lens of Love Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm really glad to be with you all again. And as you know, I started a movement called The Love Wave. And The Love Wave exists to teach, to impart, and to demonstrate the undeniable possibilities when we look at life through the lens of love. And so I purposed, you know, as a novice podcaster, to bring guests on who can share their own lens of love and how love has impacted their life. And I've had the opportunity in this short time to speak with amazing connected people internationally, actually. And today is no exception. I have a new friend and her name is Jude Kahn. And she hails from the East Coast in the greater North Charlotte, North Carolina area. She's a certified professional massage therapist and Reiki master. And um, she's also a contemporary spiritual teacher and a holistic life coach. And you know what she does is she supports people in creating greater well-being in their mind, their body, and their spirit, which I think is an amazing, amazing. Um, Jude also uses a variety of tools in showing people how to cultivate a life of authenticity, empowerment, and fulfillment. So no matter what age, no matter what background, no matter where you come from, I truly believe and have a fundamental belief that that's all that we are desiring is that being grounded and centered. And so it's my pleasure to welcome Jude Kahn. Jude, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. It's a real honor. It really is. Yeah, it is absolute pleasure. And so I shared a little bit about your background and you have so many other different talents and <laughs> roles and things. And we'll get into that as we start the conversation. And so I wanted to kick things off, actually. You know, we, we've been talking about our love story, right? Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. when people hear that term, I make an assumption that most likely they're thinking about the romantic love, right? I met the love of my life. And though that, you know, blends and folds into what love is all about, I'm talking about the transcendent love, right? Mm -hmm. The deep, highest form of love. And I'd love you to just to start and share your love story. Okay. So let's start uh, there. Sure. Um, like many people, I also originally thought that love was romantic love and uh, did pursue that in my life. And, you know, with hindsight and age, um, time, I have come to discover that all of life seems to be this unfolding message of self-love. And, um, you know, really getting back to who we are, our core, our essence. And I believe 
that we are all extensions of source energy, that we are all love. And we are in this journey to learn how to first love ourselves and then through that uh, understanding of self-love, greater self-love, it blossoms and blooms out into the world. Um, I definitely believe that what is inside of us is mirrored out in the world. So yeah. that love story to me is the most important. And it, um, yeah, it's been a, a life theme of mine. So. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we hear today, it's kind of become a popular term, self-love. Yes, there and, you go. Yeah, and I trust me, I totally understand and have gone through that very similar journey you and I have talked about before as well. I'm also discovering that because of its quote-unquote popularity, that it's becoming trendy and people are in their head about self-love. Mm -hmm. And... I've even experienced folks who use it as a shield, right? I love myself and it's, it's, it comes from a place of haughtiness, right? Yeah. How, how do we get to that place where we truly like unconditionally love every part of us when a lot of us are walking around in shame and guilt and, you know, just, I don't even want to look at myself, not even just physically, but inside, right? right. So. It, it it sounds like you've experienced that, right? Where's the starting point? You know, I, I think the, the starting point probably is at the very beginning, and we don't know it. You know, I, I, um, I have a lot of tools that I've learned through the years and I use in my own journey and in my own um, inner work, uh, my own sacred travelings within, so to speak. But, you know, it's not something that we do on our own. It definitely has a divine component um, of, you know, how our life unfolds and bringing awareness. Uh, you know, awareness is actually really key because then we begin to see the signs, the synchronicities, yeah. the ways that divine is speaking to us, the ways that divine has surrounded us with love. You know, we can find it in nature, in people. And once we start seeing that, we get beyond kind of the, the and I hate to use the word shallow, but it's the one that's coming to mind, the more shallow facade of self-love. And it, it is really in vogue right now in Trinity. And there's, um, you know, it definitely has a spectrum of understanding or depth, right? So we can be in the shallow waters and that's great because that's a great beginning place it's it's beginning to crack into our psyche mm. right but um love is eternal and unconditional and it's expansive and i think it's depths we just we do not know it's very deep waters and so it's something that once you begin to swim in and bring awareness to um it seems endless you know, yeah. how much we can actually love ourselves and how much we can actually love one another. Yeah. Well, you know, Jude, when we first met, so I'll share with everyone how we met. So okay. we have a common contact um, who we both admire you know, extremely well. And interesting enough, but then not so much, right? When <laughs> we understand <laughs> synchronicity. Yes. How our backgrounds from a religious perspective 
yes. you know, we're almost identical and how we found our way through it without the connection to the one that we so hold in high esteem, learn from and glean from. And in Christianity, that's Jesus, right? Right. Um, and how the deconstruction of the religious aspects of our walk in faith, right, mirrored kind of the control in life, right? It just switched over to a religious, you know, aspect, and it was a hiding place of sorts. <laughs> you Definitely. Know? Definitely. Because, you know, as we speak, the, you know, the language and all those types, it's a safe place to hide, you know, from, from all the hurt and pain and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. So what was cool in the introduction is that our friend, you know, was able to see commonalities and what we do in our work, you know, how it's steeped in love and specifically what you were discovering because of what happened when you were born. And so I yeah. don't want to spoil it because I, that was <laughs> such an amazing connection for me. I want you to really share what's been coming through and kind of your story of what happened, I think it was two days after you were born, just the verbiage you used was pretty powerful. So okay. yeah, share that. Yeah. Okay, um, so my story, I am an adoptee and my birth mother was really young and decided, you know, it was 1968, abortion was not available and she was an Irish Catholic uh, girl and her family said, you know, this baby needs to be put up for adoption. And so at two days old, I was taken from my biological mother and given to a very wonderful, loving family. And I'm thankful for my family. They, they were great. But um, recently, I discovered that there is something called a primal wound. I like to call it a root wound um, for children who are adopted. And, and, and you, forgive me, you said primal wound, right? Yes. Okay, yes. got it. Primal wound. And what it is when a baby is born, there are certain developmental stages and um, biological, chemical um, experiences, you know, genetic uh, stages that we go through of connection with our birth mothers, with our biological moms. And a child that is adopted uh, doesn't get those stages. And so if, imagine, and I've been doing a lot of contemplating on this. When we are born, we come into the world with no language. We don't have pictures or, you know, memories yet. There's where, and, and we really are, I think at that point, are in our true essence state. We are this love being. We give love and we receive love very easily. We don't have any triggers, trauma, anything that's stopping us from being a receptor of all this love that's being poured onto us by the world around us. And we are also um, pure awareness. Everything that we are receiving as an infant is coming through our senses, you know, sight, smell touch, taste, and also energy. We are energetic beings. And so we are receiving all the energy that's around us. And so we are vulnerable. And 
Um, in that vulnerable state, when an infant is taken from its source and its biology is saying, you need this source to survive, it is a pre-developmental um, trauma. And so I went through life with this trauma because it sets off all that fight, flight, freeze um, in, in the body. And because it was before, you know, I was so young, I didn't remember it, right? So I have this trauma that I'm carrying in my cells that I didn't remember, but yet it was playing out and, and affecting how I thought and how I responded to life from that point forward. And um, I, I actually, I'm 51. And I only discovered this wound about three months ago. <laughs> this trauma, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's been quite something. Wow. I can imagine. And so how do you begin to face or repair, mend, yeah. reconcile, right? A wound that you probably knew was underneath maybe you become more aware of it you said three months ago is that yeah well ironically i think i've always known right you know and and there's some similarities adoptees tend to feel like they don't fit in and they feel like something's wrong with them or you know they're so and and most adoptees struggle with fear of rejection shame things like that and so i had spent a whole lifetime trying to heal, which is actually how I became a healer, you know, or a person that isn't learned all these tools is that I was always working on it, but I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was my parents' divorce when I was five, you know, I daddy issues, things like that. And so I was always working on this thing that I felt within me, but didn't realize where the root wound actually began. Mm. Right. So um, I actually connected with my biological mom through a letter. And all of a sudden, um, two days later, all this grief started coming up. And as I told you before, and I was just crying, um, the, the heaving, sobbing, body shaking, gut wrenching type crying. And all of a sudden, um, I want my mommy started coming out of my 51 year old lips. And I thought, what is that? Where is that coming from? And so I just started Googling, thank God for Google, and um, <laughs> came across information. And it was such an aha as to, and everything started kind of falling into place and making sense why I struggled with those things and had to work through so much um, fear of rejection and working on my mindset and beliefs and things through all these years. It just shined a new light on it and gave me some new perspective, which was really helpful, really helpful. That must have been surreal, right? To speak to your birth mother. Yes. Tell us yeah. what, what was happening inside of you, outside of you? I mean, you know, was that, that was the first time you had spoken with her. Is that, is that true? It, it, now we've only corresponded through mail, but even okay. that, you know, for um, just to even have connection at all is is kind of surreal. Sure. And um, you know, sadly, she still has a lot of trauma from that event uh, and from giving up her baby and stuff. So I'm not sure how emotionally ready 
she is to connect or how much she's wanting to connect. I'm open to whatever she wants, you know, and I just wanted her to know um, how much I respected her choice. Wow. Her courage and you know how thankful I am as a mom and a woman. I understand on some level the amount of sacrifice it takes wow. to give up a child, but I can't really even imagine it. Wow. So you know, that just takes a lot of courage. That just blows me away. That just really hit me. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> it's a huge I mean, sacrifice. Well, someone who's carrying that amount of guilt, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of guilt. Which, which of course, you know, is a, a cousin to shame, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And, and who knows what her self-talk is, right? I'm ashamed for what I did. I'm ashamed for who I am. Yeah. And then the person who actually was, and we'll use the term victim in this, right? This was, you had no choice right. in it, right? Right, I had no choice. Actually, uh, actually comes back and tells her, like, you did the best you could. I mean, I, I understood, I understand as a mother and what you had to take on. Yeah, and yeah. Really giving her, like, the forgiveness, right, mm-hmm. of, you know, I'm not holding it against you. What a, what a freaking gift. That's yeah. an act, that is an act of love right there. And, you know, um, it reminds me, Joe, like, I uh, – be, I, you know, I've always loved her mm. because she's my mom, yeah. biologically, and you know, there's always a connection of you know there because of that, and because I knew. Right. I'm thankful my adoptive mom told me such a, a, you know, that she did the best that she could, that she was young, and you know, so she was a my adoptive mom was such a loving example. And so I did have gratitude in my heart for this woman. And all I ever wanted to do was say, thank you. Thank you. And there was a time about three years ago that I didn't know that I would ever have that opportunity. And I was at a dinner party and a woman there actually was an adoptive mom. Hmm. And she had met her adoptive daughter and the adoptive daughter had a lot of anger still. And so we were talking and went for whatever reason, everybody else had gone off and we were still by ourselves in this room. And I said, can you be my surrogate mother for a second? Because I don't know. I'm such a crybaby. If I will get this mess, if this opportunity to say this to her, what I would like to say. And so I said things, you know, I love you. Thank you. You know, thank you for your courage, all this. And, you know, and she was crying. She said, oh, I wish, you know, my daughter could have felt this or said this. And I said, she does somewhere inside. You know, there's just a lot of wound there. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, I had this opportunity to actually visually say it was someone else that needed that. And yeah. it was just a blessing to both of us. Um, wow, I mean, you know, and we hugged like we were mother and daughter, you know, because we <laughs> well, I needed that. I needed yeah. that, and I didn't know I would get it. You know, an adoptee doesn't know that they will ever get that. Um, well, I mean, you know. if you really think about that connection through it all, right? So yeah. you have your birth mother who, you know, 
is somewhere else, right? She doesn't live in the, the same area. As I, I mean, no, she, no, no. She you have, you have, yeah, you haven't met her in person, right? Okay. And then you have this someone who you met who is an adoptive mom. You're an adoptee, right? And as you pour your heart and ask her, you're actually releasing, right? And expressing through another human who really needs to hear that and is receiving it for your birth mom. I mean, there's connections all over the place. It's crazy. And I just think about that and it's like, that's why I do this work. You right? talked about you talked about inner work, exactly. and it's something that we're missing so much. Yeah, today, right? And and we're um, hungry for it, right? I think people yeah. are, are desperate to get. And, yeah, to have that is the most courageous thing that a person can do is take the journey, you know, inwardly, because the only way out of our shit is through it. <laughs> it is, and, you know. So I think. Most human beings, including myself, and I don't know about you, but as a natural human being, I wasn't raised with all the answers. I wasn't brought up with, and I don't blame my parents and my family for that. It's just what it was. They didn't even know. And and they didn't know. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, so I just follow the path that everybody else is taking, which is look outside of yourself for the answer. Yes. Find a mechanism or something that you can now create your own self versus your yes. true self and play this freaking role so that you can be accepted and loved and take care of the six-year-old that never got it or the seven-year-old that was right you know right right so it's that yeah. journey inwardly it, that it is it's the pathway to freaking freedom it and is. And I even look today, you know, we, we had a conversation about what we see, just what's happening socially, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that in the community that I, you know, tend to lean towards, there's always this, you know, don't look at the news and don't, you know. And I start to think, you know, do I have like a civic duty to be informed of what's happening? How do I hold space for these people? How do I be, I just don't want to be in this cocoon where, you know, it's just all about, me, because I believe that as I'm self-actualized, as I really get to see, okay, this is who I am. This is the gift I've been given. I'm not going to freaking just hold it in, right? Right. <laughs> right? I, and I, right. my heart has been drawn to that. And so your unique story, Jude, is just crazy amazing. It really transcends so many things that we're experiencing in life today. And I also know that we sim- similarly, we ended 20-year marriages. Yes. You know? And so <laughs> how does that all tie in? Ooh, <laughs> Right? With reconci- <laughs> reconciling, right, your adoption, oh. that process, the yeah. meaning that was potentially attached to it, what it meant about you, mm-hmm. how, how you really reconcile that, and then a as the world may see it and maybe the church see it as a quote-unquote failed marriage right right so share a little bit about that oh okay Uh, that's that that's like five podcasts joe (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh yes i was married 20 years and i have four wonderful amazing sons from that marriage and 
you know, um, I will say it was a dysfunctional marriage. And that means, you know, dysfunction takes two. A lot of times, and, and honestly, when I was in it, I could not see my dysfunction very clearly. I saw bits and pieces of it. Like I said, I was already for a very long time on this inner healing journey. So in the midst of the dysfunction, I was working on myself and getting better and um, learning to draw more boundaries and things, which is probably what actually eventually led me out of my marriage because mm. I was healing. But by ending it, um, which was a really difficult decision and what made me finally choose to ask for the marriage to end, I'm the one that asked, was that I realized how unhappy he also was, but that he couldn't see it. Mm. And I knew that um, we've been in those patterns for so long. I don't believe that we could inhabit that and um, not at least not together in it. And uh, there was not a willingness for therapy at that point on um, his part. And, um, you know, just I thought we're not happy. We, we have all this dysfunction. We, we need to get away from each other and find our happiness. And I really wished him happy and, um, and wished myself happy because I really was not. And um, by doing that, it began a deeper going in and healing and coming face to face with my some of my demons and codependence and things that I couldn't within the midst of the dysfunction. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I really had to, so de I de had already deconstructed out of institutionalized Christianity. Now I was deconstructing 20 years of being in a dysfunctional relationship. Wow. You know, um, and trying to do it in a really healthy way that would honor that 20 year history right? Because we did love each other and honor our children and, um, you know, and try to honor this person that lived with me and walked beside me for so long and, and had tried, he, he tried to do a good job, you know? So, yeah. 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 So I tried to do it with honor and gratitude. Yeah. Which sometimes is really tough. I mean, it is a tearing away. <laughs> Right. Yes, it is really tough, and it is a tearing yeah. away, and, um, and and I definitely did not do it perfectly. No. Sure. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not sure if there is a perfect way. I think there. I, I'm learning more and more that, in terms of marriage relationships, etc., that as soon as I place an expectation on the other person of what they need to do in this relationship, uh, it's just doomed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. It's like. You know, like there is this unspoken belief potentially that, you know, your role is to make me happy. Yes. And as soon as that is laid out there, forget it, forget about it. And it's more about, you know, I need to come to this relationship fully full, fully realize, realize that I'm whole and to bring my happiness and we share happiness, not you yes. give me happy because yes. as you know, human beings, we're going to let each other down. Mm -hmm. when there's an expectation, you know, and um, 
I can see, of course, dysfunction happening. And I know that in, at least in my religious experience, that it was a hiding place because we were never told to really work on root causes. It was more of just, you know, pray, God can heal this, you know, under the blood, it's under the blood, stand, all of those things. And we're like, okay, what's happening? And we never got that raw conversation where it's like, okay, you're going to see me fully naked, not physically, but my soul like bared, are you still going to love me? And not in many cases, that's not the case. So, you know, when I hear unconditional love, I'm like, I have yet to find a human who has that capacity. <laughs> but, we uh, all have the capacity. Right? Yes. I, just, I, yeah. I take that right? back. We yeah. just have right. it because it's actually our essence, but we just have so many masks, so many roles, so mm. many mindsets and beliefs to, that we have put on to protect ourselves because yes. we have found that when we embody that, we are vulnerable and it's scary and it takes a lot of courage. Now, in my uh, marriage situation, we did have that sense that we could, in a sense, be that naked and unashamed, right. um, but yet we still had this dysfunction. And, and some of the dysfunction came from those roles that get placed upon a marriage within mm. institutional religion, right? I was right. trying so desperate to fill my role and felt like, hey, you're not doing yours, right? right? So I. I felt, uh, you know, I had all this indignation. I'm not doing yours. And, um, and all, and both of us, I think we're trying to put on these roles and they, neither one of us could really fit in that cookie cutter. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, yeah. and we needed the freedom to actually just be ourselves outside of those roles. And right. we didn't find that within our marriage. Yeah. And, um, the divine often speaks to me in pictures and symbolism and stuff. And right after our separation, I got this picture that, you know, the way that love should be is uh, like holding a bird in your hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it was the picture to me that I had been a bird in a gilded cage. So if we can think of Maya wow. Angelou and her song, like, I think that's, it was a symbol to me that now I was a free bird but also that that is how love is. It's a bird in the hand and the bird comes and it sits there because it wants to. And it stays there because it wants to. And it's a fragile creature and it's something that needs tenderness and and care. And and you're just very slight with it because the slightest thing could make it fly away, right? But if you don't do anything that would make it fly away and it wants to stay, right? Love should only stay if it wants to. Right. Absolutely. Just just this whole freedom. It was such a freedom message for me and and to not like squelch it and put your hands all over it, you know? So let's circle back then to how we, how we started, which was talking about self-love. How do you, how did you discover that, that that was the key to your freedom after everything that you've just explained, you know, plus you're a mother of four. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. being a mom, right. And then starting your own business, yeah. you know, being a small business owner, kind of starting from scratch. Right. Uh-huh. And, 
yes. in terms of separation from the marriage, there's also financial issues. And, yes. you know, then you're still dealing with, you know, as an adoptee, all those things happening. Oh, my God, my marriage now is, demi- I mean, hello, how in the right. heck, right, did you say, yeah, I totally love myself. <laughs> right. Well, um, as a, you know, when when your life, your finances and relationships all get hit at once, you know that you can't create those moments. That's divine <laughs> intervention mm-hmm. saying, hey, attention, I have, I'm trying to speak to you, I have a message for you and I'm trying to get you somewhere. And, you know, I'm creating a new space. I'm creating something new in you. And um, so it, it has been a, a deep inner, deeper inner journey, deeper inner work uh, the last four and a half years. And, um, you know, the self-love, I think I was already on that path by actually leaving the marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. leaving church, these things that I had left. Because when I was doing that, I was choosing something bigger, greater, that was more in alignment with who I really was and what my essence really believed. See, those things had some, some things that I believe, but there was something lacking also. Right. And so, um, all of these things were pointing toward that and getting me there and nudging me there. And it just organically blossomed. Um, you know, more and more, I think through my, the body work, the Reiki work, the energy really teaches you. And, um, I, I just, I just uh, kind of stumbled, I guess, into it through divine yeah. circumstances leading. You know, it's just these little, it, it can be these little nudges, maybe the posts on Facebook or a quote that really speaks to your soul. Yeah. Well, and you know taking what it- the time to meditate and contemplate on that. Yeah. Well, at some point there was a decision, right? I think maybe that's yes. number one. Number one is that I mean, yes, there was a decision uh, for me. Yes. Yeah, and and I would say the same for me. And there's a couple words that came to me as you were sharing right now. The first one is honor, honoring your heart, honoring what's happening inside of you, mm-hmm. and making that decision. And number two is respect. That's been coming up a lot lately for me. Is like, do I have before I can really love myself? Do I respect myself? Right. Because I think about people who I hold in high esteem. Right. Those that I respect. And if someone were to ask me, do you love them? I'm like, absolutely. You know, but can I say and look in the mirror and say, I really respect you. And that was hard for a long time. I mean, even to this day, it's like, oof. you know, because if I respect myself enough, do I respect my future? Do I expect my potential? Do I respect my body? You know, and if so, then I am going to say no to that cookie. I am going to say you know, yes to, right, uh, no to what my body is saying, which is used to like, okay, just five more minutes, right? I mean, those small, subtle things. And I think that's what you just were alluding to is that it could be a Facebook post. It could be talking with someone. And because of that openness and that decision, there is this attraction that hunts you down now, right? Mm -hmm. There's wisdom, there's resources, there is provision, there's offers, there's unexpected favor that comes your way because you have made a decision in your head and in your heart. 
And in that alignment, you begin to manifest a life that starts to unfold. And you're like, what the hell? Right? Yes. How yes. Is this all happening? You know? I, so, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, too, um, there's a couple things that you were saying that really uh, were speaking to me. I think one, um, for some people, it may be difficult. They're like, what are these nuances? What are these signs, synchronicities? And so, my 17 years in church and in ministry really I, taught me a contemplative life. And I did meditate and I was, you know, contemplative. And I think that taught me awareness, being an observer. And so by the time I got through the marriage and all these other things, I was already practicing that and able to see the nuances. Yeah. Right. That, that were in the messages that were speaking to me, that were right. coming to me to choose myself, to love myself yeah. and to get in, con you know, deeper uh, connection with who I really am. And how does that manifest into this reality? What is that? Yeah. Right. Because you were talking about earlier. Um, and so and I'm going to connect that to the do I respect my potential? That just spoke to me. Oh, I just got chance. So, um, but you were talking earlier about things in the news, right? And my 17-year-old mm. is taking an environmental science class, and he was telling me yesterday how the teacher talks about where our planet is at and mm. how he is actually getting depressed taking this class. He's like, the class is depressing. She's like, all these things are going to happen in, in this time frame. And I said, but do you know what, honey? I said, there are 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet. And in one or many of those people are the solution, is the solution. And so as we tap into who we really are and we gain confidence and we have love and support in this and that, I said, as humanity changes and does that and they bring who they are forth, solutions are gonna start to happen and things could change very, very quickly. I said, Absolutely. we have the technology, the intelligence yes. and and the love so as we connect to ourselves we have to connect to one another because actually people i'm going to tell you something this is a news flash we are one so <laughs> we are right. one with one another and we are one Absolutely. with this, this universe and planet and so you know we can change it right and i think we could do it quickly you know yeah i once think we, once we get this once we right. get what we're talking about the ripple yes. effect will, will absolutely but it, thank you jude that's a great reminder because you know as i spoke earlier um i, I was thinking back to the passion behind it <laughs> around <laughs> watching the news right and and i just have to be really i i don't have to be but i want to be mindful of how am i attaching myself to this and what meaning am i attaching to it is it more for you know am i being drawn to it is it giving me a new lens you know how do i see myself in it not getting intertwined with some of the horrific stuff that's happening and i yeah. love what you just said is that what people don't see or hear in the news are people who i believe are the ones that are vibrate you know there's this vibrational energy that is holding the, it all together that yeah. no one speaks of it is the unseen 
the things that you and I understand and connect with, right? That is more powerful than what we can see on a newscast or anything that's happening. Yeah, there's real stuff that's happening, the Amazon burning and all. So it's important to be in tune with what's happening, but at the same time, knowing that there's just, yeah, there is this realm, there's this realm that is unseen that is at, Right? Is that yes? And and that is my passion. That realm um, becoming, you know, and I can look back now and see how prayer, all these things, are that realm. But it was becoming a Reiki master four years ago that opened up the energetic world to me, um, and understanding the science side of that and the you know of who we are of. Uh, the universe and um, you know really people if you do not understand your energetic biology try to learn about it because it will open up your world and so for example right because our thoughts and our emotions are energy our beliefs are energy so we're watching the news and we're maybe we see something political and we kind of feel a hit uh, in here and we want to react, right? And that's why people are like, don't watch the news. Right. Right. But what that hit is telling you is that you have a belief. You're plugged into that belief somehow. Yeah. And whether you watch the news or not, your energy, energetically, you're plugged into it and it's draining your energy into that. Ooh. And so we've got to begin to understand ourselves as energetic beings. Yeah. And call our energy back, right? Everyone's talking about empowerment. This is why I, I lived unempowered for so long, which is why authenticity, because I needed to get authentic with myself, right? And figure out who I was. And empowerment, I needed to get empowered. I was giving it all away. And I lived really small for a really long time, way too long. And freedom. But um, so we've got to unplug from these things some of these beliefs and, you know, tribal mentality and, um, and call our power back so that we can plug our power into what we are for, into solutions, into loving, into raising our frequency, uh, finding the fulfillment of being yourself in this world. That's fulfilling. That's where our fulfillment is, is being ourselves in this world, loving ourselves and standing up for it, you know, respecting it. Listen to that. That oh my god. Wait. Okay, hold on. This is a tweet or something. <laughs> this is like okay, wait. That is wait, 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 wait. That is where our fulfillment is. Is our what did you say? What was in that? Ourselves in this world. In, ourselves. in this oh, world. Yeah. Well, the funny Great. thing is that yes, it's interesting because I think um oh my god my mind is going everywhere right now of like how others would hear that right it takes a lot of courage mm. and i think people don't know how to do that walk and for whatever reason i think that's was my journey so that i could get here and help people go in and that is why i started coaching that's because i have the tools i've done you know the inward it 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 you can get lost in there. <laughs> I've gotten lost in there. And, you know, um, there's a great quote by Rumi, and it talks about that where the wound is, the light shines in. 
right? Mm. And so here I've carried a root wound, an original primal wound that I didn't know. I was always seeking to heal this. I knew I needed healing. Mm. And um, through that, I learned all these tools. And now I go, well, everybody has wounds and trauma and all of this. So because I was always seeking it, I gathered this knowledge, this wisdom, and it's really just sacred wisdom that, and we all have the ability to self heal and do this, you know? Uh, so people just don't know how, and it, it's scary because where the light comes in, the rest of the quote should be, then your shadows <laughs> are going to be, be yeah. played and created. And you have to go into the shadow. You have to be whole. You got to get those fragments and be a whole totally. person. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's 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 a journey. <laughs> it's an adventure. Yeah. This is yeah. This is um, absolutely incredible. Um, I could go. We could talk forever, girl. Um, this is. I liken it to the rabbit hole. Yeah. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful. Well, okay. I want to sum things up here. Yeah. Um, I, I had a guest on about a month ago, month and a half ago, maybe. Um, the episode was called Love on Every Billboard, and John Pogachar is his name, and he's such a great guy. Um, he started this movement where he was raising money. The first one, he, out of his own pocket, he purchased a billboard, and it just had the word love on it. That's it. No hashtag, no affiliation to a company, etc. And his intention is that, you know, as people drive by, they look up and they just see the word love and it's bright red with white letters. I mean, it's striking, right? Yeah. And it got a lot of attention and he's had to date, I think close to 80 billboards across the country and in Russia. And, wow. you know, so I thought about that and I said, Hmm, I'm going to ask this to Jude today. If you had a billboard given to you and you could put any message on there about love or anything about your journey, right? What would your billboard say? What I'll give you a billboard yeah. say? Oh. <laughs> what would my billboard say? You know, I used to say my theme is love, my life theme. Uh, oh, that's tough. You know, my tagline for my business is peace for the mind, body, spirit, but that's not it. You know, uh, oh. That's so deep. It would have to be um, maybe life is a sacred journey. Mm. Life is a sacred journey. It totally is. It really is. And when people can connect to mm -hmm. what that really means, it brings life meaning. Yeah. Right? Yes. And I th Yeah, it brings life meaning. And I think that's all we want. We want a life of meaning, not you know, of victimhood or, yes. you know, trying to keep up or survive or the world's, you know, look at success. I mean, all of the material things that we have in this world, nothing's wrong with any of them, right? And we yeah. all can have them. But if we attach it as our identity is yeah. where, right, we get place. But, you know, I think about, and the people who I work with, you know, in my mentorship business you know they're looking for meaning in their lives 
right? And as you just pointed, that life is a sacred journey. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, yeah, and I think the sacred, you know, when we think of sacred, it's the awe, you know, and, um, you know, when you learn to bring awareness into the now, we hear a lot about that also in the whole positive, trendy culture. But right. when you are in that now, there is more of that sense of sacred and awe of the moment and in that connection with who you really are in connection with divine and that that and in that is where you just feel that peace and love that you know yeah right that, yeah yeah that's that's awesome yeah yeah well jude this has been amazing thank you for coming on to thank the show you. and for the listeners i just want to encourage you i'm going to give jude an opportunity to share where you can reach her but she does things locally in the northern part of South Carolina and the greater Charlotte area. So um, connect with her. And for those who are remote, she does life coaching as well. And so she can do it remotely. So that's yeah. the beauty of technology today. So Jude, share with everyone, first of all, where they can contact you, your website. Sure. Uh, my website is www.transcendenttouch.com. M as in Mary, T as in Tom, dot com. Awesome. And then your, um, any type of social media um, handles that you want to share? Sure. On Facebook, you can find me under Transcendent Touch. And on Instagram, also Transcendent Touch. Wonderful. And I'll, I'll put those in the show notes as well. Great. Thank you. Um, okay, wonderful. Thank you again for connecting yeah. here. I look forward to a lifelong of friendship and continue to spread that love is still yes. absolutely the answer. It um, is. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of The Lens of Love. Take care. Sending you much love. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Lens of Love podcast. If today's episode brought value and insight, you can help us advance the movement and the message by doing these three things all at the same time. First of all, give us a shout out on the platform that you're listening on. And then a five-star rating would be absolutely amazing and appreciated. And then lastly, of course, is subscribe to the podcast so that you can join the love wave that is happening across the planet. Now, you can find me on Facebook at LoveJoe and on Instagram at LoveJoe underscore Lens of Love. And visit me on my website at joeitalic.com. Thanks again for listening. And always remember, love is still the answer.